0: Welcome to the Theosoul podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. On today's episode, we're going to be dealing with Sunday School Sundays. This is when we set aside some time for Christian education. We'll go over a Bible lesson that includes scripture verses, a brief introduction and background of the lesson setting, then a verse by verse exposition that will break down the verses and we will conclude with some applications for life and a summary. This month we are entering into November and as we have been going through these three months of the fall season, the fall season for Sunday School Sundays is reminding us that we are commanded by God to love one another as God loves us. Two months ago, September's theme dealt with the first four lessons of struggles with love as it looked at familiar love, jealousy, and destruction. We dealt with those four weeks through the book of genesis and we saw that love and reconciliation in the joseph narrative prevailed in spite of harsh and negative circumstances last month the month of october it centered on love for the stranger the poor and enemies last month's theme was entitled Inclusive love. Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan illustrated love for one's neighbor. Today, as we look at week number nine in this fall teaching series, our theme for November is entitled Godly Love Among Believers. As we we'll close out November with weeks nine through 13, we deal with today's topic of loving by serving or upside down love we're going to be dealing with the gospel according to john chapter number 13 verses 1 through 15 and then verses 34 through 35. Verse 15 is our key verse to memorize today. It says from the King James Version, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That is John chapter 13, verse 15. Our lesson setting takes place in the year AD 27 from Jerusalem around Passover as Jesus was assembled with his disciples in the upper room as we look a little further we see this passage is set in the gospel of John the gospel of John does not spend any time addressing the birth of Jesus Unlike the Gospels of Mark and Luke that take us through some of Jesus' early life, John begins with a thought-provoking and inspiring message designed to provide a faith in God and his only begotten Son. The Gospel of Matthew and Luke begin in Jesus' hometown. John's Gospel, however, begins before time. See reference of John 1 and 1. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is a deity. He is God. He turned water into wine, fed 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two fish, walked on water, opened blinded eyes, and raised the dead to life. For reference, See John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, chapter 6, 1 through 13, chapter 6, verses 16 to 21, chapter 9, verses 1 through 41, chapter 11, verses 1 through 44. It is clear in our lesson that the Jesus who celebrated the Passover with his disciples was no ordinary person, he was the Son of God in command of all of the events leading up to his death. Each character simply played a role. But the scene in our lesson was Jesus's final teaching to the disciples who would be tasked with carrying on his mission to preach the kingdom and build the church. Our lesson today deals with service. Service is always in demand. We go to restaurants and spend money for it. We choose to vacation and stay in hotels for it. In some places, we even opt to pay a touch more for gas just to receive the full service treatment. We all love receiving service, but if the truth were to be told, while we may like receiving service, many people feel it is beneath them to provide it. Some people look down on menial service on some people look down on service centered jobs, demeaning them with the title menial. At times we refuse to pay a fair living wage for the labor provided by those who perform these essential tasks. However, while service may not be in vogue in our contemporary context, it is held in high regard in the Bible. In our lesson today, Jesus demonstrated that service should be a way of life for his followers, And love should show itself through acts of service. Let us deal with John chapter 13, verses 1 through 15, and verses 34 through 35 in three sections. Section number one is entitled, Washing the Disciples' Feet. Verses 1 through 11. Section 2 is entitled, Why Jesus Washed His Disciples' Feet, verses 12 through 15. Section 3, The New Command for Christ's Community, verses 34 and 35. Verses one through 11 for section one from the King James version. It reads now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end and supper being ended. The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do Thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only but also my hands and my head. Jesus says unto him, to him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. But is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. Verse 11. For he knew Who should betray him? Therefore, saith he, Ye are not all clean. Washing the disciples' feet. Verse 1 opens with the description of the scene of Jesus and his disciples before the feast of the Passover. Knowing his hour had come, And it was time for him to depart from this world and go back to the Father. Jesus was having a final meal with his disciples. Knowing who Jesus was, where he was from, and where he was going was central to John's depiction of Jesus through the gospel. Jesus was mission driven and had been given authority by his status as the Word who had been enfleshed. And the Word became flesh and dwelled among men. See the reference to John chapter 1 verse 14. The restatement of Jesus' status helped to further set the shock experienced by his disciples is even more understandable verse 3 makes clear jesus was operating according to a divine plan and timing it further pressed the claim that he was god in the flesh or that he and the father were one see the reference to john chapter 10 verse 30 jesus was moving and thinking in a dimension which normal human beings are unable to operate. He was not operating according to the rules of time or space, but rather on a divine plane that demands his essence more than the world to which he had come to offer salvation. Confidence of his identity coming from God, and in his intent to go back to God, Jesus rose from supper, laid aside his garments, and wrapped himself with a towel. This he did to prepare himself for what he was going to do next. He began to wash the disciples' feet. While it isn't clear if Peter was the first disciple Jesus came to, Peter's protest was clear. Quoting verse six, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? End quote. Exemplified the shock and wonderment of all the disciples in regard to Jesus's actions. Here's a cultural background moment. in ancient near eastern culture being at someone's feet being stepped on or even being struck by someone's shoe was a tremendous insult washing someone's feet was a humbling and humiliating act of domestic servitude relegating to those who were considered of a lower subservient class. It's no wonder Peter and the rest of the disciples were apprehensive about Jesus washing their feet. To them, the prestige and pedigree of Jesus absolved him of ever having to be subject to such lowly duties. Nevertheless, Jesus washed their feet And offered a disclaimer while doing so. You do not know what I am doing. But later you will understand. That was quoting chapter 10 verse 7. This was Jesus' way of assuring his disciples. They could trust everything he would be made clear in due time this was jesus's way of assuring the disciples they could trust everything would be made clear in due time this he said to address their confusion with both his current actions and what would happen to him later this did nothing however to settle peter's resistance to the lord relegating himself to the status of a servant. In disgust, he expressed his discomfort by telling Jesus, quoting verse eight of our lesson, you will never wash my feet. Jesus' rebuttal to Peter was quick and firm. Quoting verse eight, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Either Peter would be washed by Jesus or he would be excluded from being an heir to the kingdom. The force of his words of consequence was devastating to Peter. In reaction to Jesus' ultimatum, Peter took the extreme opposite position almost with the same breath of saying quote you will never wash my feet he instructed Jesus to wash not just his feet but his hands and head as well once again Peter missed the point so Jesus corrected him saying quoting verse 10 One who has bathed does not to wash except for the feet. Because the popular footwear during that time was open toe sandals. The feet always were dirty and in need of washing. Through Jesus' action of washing his disciples' feet, He demonstrated the example of humility, servitude, and love. While washing the disciples' feet, Jesus used the analogy of being clean to affirm that because of their acceptance of him as their Lord, they were clean, though not all of them. This referred to Judas of Iscariot. The disciple who betrayed Jesus, the Christ. Amazingly, even as Jesus demonstrated servanthood by washing the disciples' feet, he also showed redemption, redemptive love. Even as he acknowledged Judas' future betrayal, he presumably washed his feet. Judas did not leave the gathering until later in the passage at verse 30. Judas even participated in the final meal. Instead of singling Judas out, Jesus offered a cleansing before the ultimate act of sinful activity. Portrayal of the Son of God. Jesus understood That more than most, Judas needed a cleansing not only of his feet but of his soul. Later in the passage, Jesus gave a new command to love one another, excluding outsiders and enemies. Much scholarship has been devoted as to why John's gospel. Does not include some form of Jesus's words found in the synoptic gospels to love one enemies and outsiders however if we read this passage in light of the pericope's context even though Jesus did not say to love your enemies he showed what it is to love your enemies He loved Judas, even in his betrayal. While making this point, the text illustrates, the text illuminates. There's always a choice in response to divine love or any form of love. Though Jesus showed Judas love by including him in the foot washing, Judas did not cease his plans. To hand Jesus over to those who would later crucify him. Jesus loved him anyway. Section 2. We will read verses 12 through 15. And talk about this topic of. Why Jesus washed his disciples feet from the King James Version so after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again he said to them know ye what I have done to you ye call me master and lord and ye say well for so I am If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye ought also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. After Jesus washed the disciples' feet, He sat down again focusing attention on what he just did Jesus acts rhetorically quoting verse 12 of our lesson do you know what I have done to you after reaffirming his position of authority as teacher and Lord he explained the intent of the act quoting verse 14 if I your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. His point was to set an example of the relationships he expected in the future community of his believers. If he, the greatest of them all, willingly served them, then there was no excuse for any of them to disdain service. Quoting Mark chapter 10 verse 43 and 44, it says, whoever wishes to become the great, become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first must be slave of all. This passage exemplifies a technique called greater to lesser. In other words. As Jesus was the greater, the lesser disciples should follow suit. And as much as this text points to the servanthood of Jesus, it also notes his lordship. Verse 14 reverses the order of teacher and lord from verse 13 to emphasize Jesus is lord before he is teacher. It is a question of the uh, derivation of authority. Jesus's authority did not come from his ability to teach or correctly explicate the teachings of the scripture. Jesus's authority was placed in his position as Lord. His ability to teach was derived from his status as Lord. This breeds a type of circular thought that continuously emphasizes the magnanimity of his choice towards service. Jesus's choice of service to his disciples pointed forward to his new command of verses 34 through 35. As love is to be displayed amongst his followers, Service to one another is to be a distinguishing mark of that love. Service is to them point to and be a reminder for humility within the community. This community is to be free from the kind of pridefulness that rides and runs rampant in the context of the greater society and the world one of the ways human pride manifests itself in a stratified society is in refusing to take the lower role End quote jesus took the lower role his followers are to do the same to take the lower position is a type of self-sacrifice this of course was the greatest act of jesus As he gave over his life for the world. Washing the disciples feet was only symbolic for greater sacrifice that would come later. Foot washing can be a wonderful expression of solidarity in the community of believers. However, it is not the act so much as it is the spirit behind the act. In this way, Foot washing is an act of preparation. It prepares one for greater acts of service that requires humility and the spirit of a selflessness. Section 3. We will conclude the scripture verses by reading verses 34 and 35. From the King James Version, it reads A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another." The new commandment for Christ's community. After the departure of Judas, Jesus gave his farewell speech to the remaining disciples. He instructed them to maintain the kind of community that exemplified his character in his absence. Jesus gave them a new command to love one another as he had loved them. Jesus assured them that by showing love for one another, all would know that in the absence of Jesus' physical presence, his the disciples, were a reminder that he's always near. It is important to note this new commandment was not new in some ways. The Shema of the Old Testament commanded Yahweh's people to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor. This commandment was not new so not so much through the words but in its birth and application the command to love one another as a distinctive mark for the community of believers is to be a derivative in reflection of the love shared between the father and son and also their love for the world It is in recognition of that love that believers are commanded to love each other. Therefore, it is a modeling of the bestowal of divine love on us. Secondly, as a new command, it is to be birthed from love both divine and human. Through divine love, God calls believers together through his sacrifice of his beloved son. For God gave his son for the world. See the reference to John chapter 3 verse 16. Even as God gave his son, the son also willingly was given. See the reference to John chapter 15 verse 13. Therefore, believers or disciples are to be given to this same level of commitment and covenant in their gathering. The community's continued gathering in love and through love points back to God's extravagant love for humanity. This is to be the identifying mark of the church. It is love. As we conclude the Bible lesson for this Sunday School Sunday episode, let's look at some life application. To be ruled by love is to be governed by the heart. A heart that has surrendered to the will of God. Love is the fuel that directs our actions towards serving God and God's people. Which is why the love we show can be measured by the service we render. This is the primary message Jesus was stressing with his disciples. If their love and respect for him was sincere, then Jesus' example of serving them by taking on the role of a servant, And washing their feet would serve as the model they were to follow upon his departure from them. Jesus' example for the disciples in our is ours as well. As believers, we are to lead the world in service, kindness, and justice. In doing so, we confirm God's presence through the expression of our love. The more matured our growth in God, the more humbled we ought to be in our willingness to serve God's people. Let's talk about it with a discussion question. Are there consequences to service? Here's our trending hashtag that we want you to. To consider, hashtag upside down. The love Jesus shared with his disciples was not based on social conventions. He broke free from what was unacceptable to do the best. Share your views, tag us, hashtag Sunday School Sundays, hashtag The Old Soul Podcast, and also tag us at cj cooper 929 on twitter and instagram as well as on facebook chad cooper and use the hashtag upside down sunday school sunday and theosoul podcast it's those three hashtags this has been another episode of the theosoul podcast where theology and sociology Are found I'm your host, Chad Cooper This podcast can be found on many platforms Including Anchor Google Podcasts Spotify Breaker And Radio Public Just search The Old Soul Podcast As we said before, you can find us on different social media platforms On Facebook, you can look us up Chad Cooper On Instagram and Twitter You can find us At CJCooper929 Feel free uh, To drop some words Of encouragement Or you can dialogue with us About as you read The Bible lesson And listen to the podcast episodes There are ways to donate You can donate To the podcast if you feel led to do so via cash app the cash app tag is dollar sign cj cooper 22 we hope you have a wonderful november and a wonderful day god bless and take care